0: And now, taking your calls on 49216216 for our sponsor, Sharp City Gardener, Merryweather and Georgetown. Two in your
1: RFM's Gardening Talkback.
2: We are back for another instalment of Gardening Talkback. A very good afternoon to you, Scott Sharp.
1: A good afternoon.
2: I see on my list here that we're talking about roses, which leads me to the question did you get a Valentine's Day present or were you anyone's Valentine? <laughs> I've put you on the spot here just to embarrass you.
1: I think you've got some prior knowledge about this as well, and unfortunately, no, I didn't.
2: Oh, well, look, you're going to uh, really make someone's day today because you're going to give away a bit of a prize. It's not a rose, but I'd be told this is quite nice. It's tiger grass.
1: Yes, so it's all nice and exotic. We're going to give away some tiger grass. It's like a bamboo, but not as big and doesn't spread out. A fantastic plant. Uh, Look, we will talk about roses, but we'll talk about pruning them now in February. Uh, We might have a quick word about some poisonous plants. And um, there's a new plant, which I've given you a picture of, the Euphorbia trigona, Mm. which is a cactus-y sort of thing.
2: Excellent. Yeah, it looks very nice, actually. And apparently it's quite easy to look after, so I'm excited to hear all about that. Mm. So we we will be doing that. And, of course, taking all of your calls today on 49216216. It's Bobby, Darren and Dream Lover on 2NURFM. 2NURFM's Gardening back. and in just a minute we'll be chatting with uh, Jeanette from Bonnells Bay and looking at the Wallumby pine. It's 18 past midday and we are talking Gardening talk back thanks to our sponsor Sharp City Gardener Merryweather in Georgetown.
1: And on the line we've got Janice from Bonnells Bay. How can we help you, Janice? Uh, yes,
3: my mum's got a Wallumby pine which has been in a pot for about seven years. It's been growing beautifully but the now
0: last
1: couple of weeks, it started to die off at the bottom. Is there a problem with it, or is that normal? Uh, look, no, it's not normal. Uh, the, but we'll go... All of my pines were the extinct, you know, almost extinct pine that were found, you know, deep in the ravine in the Wollemi State Forest. And, um, you know, they brought them out. They've managed to propagate them. There's lots of them around now. They're actually a really tough plant. Now, Janice has got the one in a pot, and they do very well in pots. I've seen them growing in almost the shade, the full sun, up in the salt, up uh, okay. yeah, up around Merewether Beach. So they do quite, quite well. Quite
2: versatile. In
1: of... I don't know how they almost became extinct. You know, there must yes. have been some hungry dinosaurs or something out there <laughs> at one point in time. But Janice, I would just make sure that the plant is being well watered. Number one. And right. I would also probably feed it as well. Uh, now, because they are a native, even though a very old native, you have to be very careful about what you're feeding them. So I would just give them a sprinkle of some blood and bone to try and keep that, uh, that plant okay, healthy. Then. But the okay. other thing you can do is actually prune the walamai pine. I've seen it done quite well. People have bonsai them and they look quite attractive. Uh, so don't be afraid to give it a little prune back if you want to try and regenerate some of that growth from down oh, underneath. Yep. Uh, blood and bone, water, and it should be fine. Oh, great. That's all I needed to know. Thank you, Janice. Got to
2: Say be thank a Bye-bye. We are taking your calls on 49216216. Now, Scott, when I was rubbing it in about Valentine's Day before and the fact you didn't get anything, which I'm so sorry. <laughs>
1: We were looking at that. Took a dagger to my heart.
2: I'm sorry. What can I say? I'm I'm a real piece of work. Um, We were looking at pruning roses, and now is really the time to get out and about and prune those roses. You think this is a (laughs) themed
1: thing, isn't it? Let's be cruel to Scott. Let's talk about roses, Valentine's Day. I'm putting
2: the thorn in the side with the roses there. Bobby
1: Darren song.
2: (laughs) I know. I know. I apologise.
1: That's okay. (laughs) From you, I'll take that. (laughs) Look, February is a great time to prune the roses. They're looking quite scatty and ugly at the moment. It's getting humid again. Uh, There'll be black spot on them. They drop their leaves and they just get straggly after, uh, you know, that main prune that you've given them in July. So it is a good time to go out and prune the roses now. You don't give them the full hard prune that you would in the middle of the year. You just give them a light touch up, you know, a nice little um, tidy up so that uh, they get that shape, they get that beautiful cup shape so they're still hollow in the middle so that the uh, the fungal diseases, they can still breathe inside and the fungal diseases don't take over. So I take about a third of the plant off and just give it a good tidy up and then uh, spray with uh, copper oxychloride or triferine to try and keep the black spot under control. In Newcastle, you can't—you just have to keep on spraying for uh, black spot. You can't get rid of it in, in these uh, in these months in Newcastle. It's just there, something you have to accept and put up with. I would also then go and get some poultry manure awesome sudden impact which is a rose food an excellent rose food it's also good on citrus and give your roses a good old feed at that time as well and you'll have beautiful roses right through again until July.
2: Some really good tips we are taking your calls for gardening talk back on 49216216 and have we got Wilhelmina from Tenilba Bay on the line? Yes I'm here good afternoon Scott and Charlie. Hello what's your question
3: for Scott today Wilhelmina? Well, we've had for the last couple of years, we had a lot of nutgrass in our lawn. Yes. And somebody said, very hard to get rid of. Every year, the last three years, I've cut out the seeds. Hopefully, that, that wouldn't spread, but it does seem to spread underneath the grass. Is there anything you can suggest?
1: Yes, look, nutgrass will spread uh, underneath there. It has like a little bulb on it. Now, that's the, when we're saying nutgrass, that's one that comes out with like a triangular seed head with a little um, spiky bit in the middle.
3: That's right. That's
1: right. Okay, good. So there are chemicals you can get to spray that as well. Uh, there's paspalum killers. Uh, so if you go along to your local garden centre and, and say, describe, uh, you know, it's the nutgrass with the funny little head on it, they'll yep. be able to sell you a herbicide, a selective herbicide that won't kill the rest of the lawn but will only kill that nutgrass and take it out and try and keep it under control for you. So you've Right, been...
3: because somebody said water and
1: vinegar. So <laughs> I've, thrown, I've thrown some vinegar on one of
3: those... Horrible things, and uh, but I haven't seen results yeah, yet. Yeah,
1: look, and so the theory behind using water and vinegar is it would try and burn it out of, but it, obviously it's not going to work. You need something stronger than that. Uh, so go and get one of those herbicides. Usually there's a paspalum killer that okay. will that will do that. But ask the advice of the nursery that you go to, or make sure you always turn over and read the instructions because it could be that uh, the lawn that you've got. Uh, you could have buffalo or or kaiqiu, that some of those chemicals can't be used on certain types of grass. So you have to be careful and read the instructions uh, as to how to use those particular chemicals. Thank you very much. Thank you, Wilhelmina. Bye-bye.
2: There is a free line right now if you've got a question for Scott Sharp on 49216216. Scott, you were talking before about the black spot on roses. Yes. Now, keeping in mind, I know nothing about gardening. My husband brought me a rose um, plant about a year ago. I thought you were
1: going to say for Valentine's well, Day. He did. He he just, it yeah. was
2: for Valentine's Day, but <laughs> so, I didn't want to no, go there. Okay. It died a month later and it had white spots all over it. Is that, Is that... Fungus or what the heck was it?
1: No, that sounds like you've had a scale on there. Now, yes. So scale's a little insect. It, it gets blown around by the wind. It could be plants in the area had it right. and then it lands on your rose. And it forms that little white shell it over It was the
2: everywhere, yeah. all over the, the leaves and the actual plant. So
1: it's it's, it's sucking so... the sap out of the plant. Oh. And, that's, and that's what's making it sick and that's why it's died in the end. So you have to spray with anti-scar okay. to get rid of that. Yeah.
2: Well, Sean, if you're listening for next Valentine's Day, let's try again, hey? Because he was very upset that I killed his plant. We will take more of your calls in just a minute. Nancy Sinatra, these boots are made for walking as we do Gardening Talk Back on 2NURFM 103.7. Yep, it is fun to have a dance too. And, and the gardener through and through, Scott Sharp, you were doing the digging roof just then from <laughs> side to side. <laughs> it is Gardening Talk Back. We're taking your calls on 49 216, 216.
1: We've got Jackie on the phone. She's from Madawi. How can we help you, Jackie? Oh, good afternoon. I have a, a, a
3: low acacia. I think it's called a magic limelight. Yes. And I had about six of them. One of them died, it started going um, browny shades, you know, on the outer leaves, or the outer leaves here, and I phoned in about, you know, three months ago, six months ago, to a different program, and I had found some white scale and I was advised to spray it with pyrethum, which I have done, Yes. and it seemed to get rid of the scale, but in the meantime, The plant's just been slowly dying off and just brown
1: and browner and browner and she's sitting in the garden bed now. But I have a couple of others and um, they're starting to look the same. They're starting to get brown tips on their outer leaves. Okay, Jackie. So, um, Acacia limelight is a nice little low-growing acacia. It uh, only probably gets about, uh, you know, 30 or so centimetres tall and it trails down to the ground. It's a beautiful, fine leaf plant. Um, A really nice plant to grow as a little feature plant in the garden. Now, I would agree with the uh, advice that you were given previously. I've seen these acacias in people's gardens before, and they do get scale on them. It's a very small little scale they get on them, but it it does debilitate them quite badly, and it's doing exactly what uh, you've you've just described, that it dies off from the tips and then moves down into the end. The only thing where I would disagree is to say that pyrethrum is uh, an effective uh, pesticide against scale, because scales ah. because scales have a hard waxy shell on the outside, and to actually permeate down through that shell, you need to have uh, white oil uh, or some sort of oil in in mixed up with the insecticide, so that the it permeates down and it allows the. Uh, the insecticide to get through the shell and that uh, oil also uh, smothers the scale as well and stops it from breathing so i would go and get a product called anti-scale because it is the white oil and the insecticide all mixed in with as one and then you can mix that up in water and spray that i would do all of your plants um, because as i said before scale can be uh, blown around by the wind uh, so do the one that's affected most and do the other two that are going bad as well. And I will also get some uh, blood and bone and just feed those because they're natives. You can only use a native-type fertiliser. Blood and bone is probably the safest thing to use. And tr- just try and get them healthy uh, through doing that. Uh, uh, so so a-
3: anti-scale? Is yes, it's called. it's called
1: anti-scale. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a malathon and white all mixed together, and then you mix it up with water. Uh, And that's going to be far more effective than just using pyrethrum because the pyrethrum doesn't really uh, permeate down through that hard, waxy shell of the scale. Okay, thank you, Jackie.
2: Thanks, Jackie. We are taking your calls for Gardening Talk back on 49216216, coming back in just a couple of minutes with Tony, who's uh, got some issues with his lemons.
0: If you suffer from anxiety, depression or fatigue, I believe you don't have to. If you suffer from an allergy, hormonal imbalance or from being overweight... I believe you don't have to anymore. I'm David Lomman, host naturopath from 2NURFM's Health and Wellbeing Program, and I invite you to join me this Tuesday evening at New Lampton Community Centre and the following Tuesday evening at Organic Feast East Maitland to learn how you can reclaim your health and wellness in a natural, proven and manageable way. Join others who are coming for the very first time. Ask questions about your specific health issues and see how we can help you help yourself. This Tuesday evening at New Lambton and the following Tuesday evening at East Maitland. Entry is free, but booking is required. Call Philip on 44 That's 44 I look forward to seeing you there this Tuesday evening at New Lambton Community Centre. Our sponsor, balance To NURFM weather. For our sponsor, Joyce Main Electrical and Computers, Rutherford.
2: And as we have a look at our coastal waters this afternoon, winds southerly 10 to 15 knots, seas decreasing to below a metre and the swell is northeast to south-easterly, uh, tending southerly 1.5 to 2 metres this afternoon. A low tide coming in at 4.57, at 0.4 of a metre as we look towards Nobbies. Winds are southerly at the moment, 12 knots, the relative humidity 72% and it's still 23 degrees. As we do gardening talk back this afternoon, thanks to our sponsor. Sharp City Gardener, Merryweather, and Georgetown And I believe we've got Tony on the phone Tony, yeah. what's your question today for Scott?
4: Yeah, I've got a problem with a, a lemon tree Yes, it's Tony got the, It's got the, uh, a brown spot when you cut them It's had, it was really loaded, probably over 200 lemons on it Yes um, Some of them get up to marble size Some a bit bigger and some full size But when we cut them, they're dry, a bit dry inside And they've uh, got a brown spot right inside them
1: Okay, Tony, that sounds like a fairly common problem for lemons uh, and, look, a lot of fruit trees like that, um, you know, your stone fruit, peaches and pears, you've got fruit fly by the sounds of things. Fruit got a fl- mark on the outside of them. Well, that you can that can sometimes happen, but there will be a mark on the inside where the weevil's been... Uh, so have those fruit turned yellow yet that you have been cutting? Yes, yeah.
5: yellow. Some of them are uh, full size. I've cut them up. No weevils inside them. Jeez, no weevils.
1: Nothing like that. Okay, so you've you've had a good look through all of them? Oh, most of them. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, The only... Most citrus, that's going to be the most common problem, getting fruit fly sting in there, and then you find that weevil, but... We don't, we don't have
5: a fruit fly problem, actually.
1: We've okay. never had touch with that at all. So a good um, thing, are you yeah, trapping for fruit fly and trying to keep them under control? Well, I spray for them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. So you're doing yeah. the right things. Yeah. Uh, sometimes your neighbours don't. But, no, uh, they do. They break over the back all the time. Good. Yeah. Oh, look, the only other thing then is it could be some sort of fungal disease that the, uh, that the lemon's got. Right. Uh, look, that usually is melanose, though, where it becomes a, a sort of a scaly look all over the, the, the lemon. No. And when you open that up, it's still not bad inside. It just... Um, wrecks the appearance of it. So,
4: no, this is brown inside. Some of the, the skin's quite good on it. Some have got little lumps, yeah. but nothing uh, out
5: of the ordinary. But they're dropping off.
1: Look, I, I think probably the best thing for you to do is to uh, actually... Cut some of those lemons out that you know are going to be affected. Take it into your local garden centre where someone can actually have a look at it for you because something like this, it it can be a bit difficult. It Mm. could be a few things. It really does sound like fruit fly, but Tony's saying it's not. Yeah, it's
2: pretty positive it
1: isn't. Yeah, so I think for the best thing for him to do would be to take it into the garden centre, let an expert have a look at it who can actually see it and see what sort of fungal disease it might be if it's not going to be fruit fly and then go from there. So thanks for that, Tony.
2: We've got Chris now from Maryville. And Chris, you've got a question about buffalo grass.
3: Yes, I have. I've got large
1: sections of the grass which are
3: dying right off. And at first I thought it was where my rather large Labrador was urinating. I don't know whether <laughs> the dog's urine can kill buffalo. Yes, um, it can. Buffalo
1: grass, not, <laughs> yeah,
2: buffalo. Yes, not buffalo. Yes,
3: yes, yes. Um, yes, the grass variety. Yep. And someone told me to put... Um, some apple cider vinegar in his food and that stopped that happening but um, it's actually gotten worse there's much larger sections of it now that's dying right off and it's been fertilised and it gets um, watered regularly so I didn't know what else could
1: cause it well, look, it could be army grub or crickets or black beetle, but if they're patches moving out like that, it sounds like it's going to be army grub. Now, they're a little grub that gets uh, that lays by moth in it and it goes in under the ground. It eats the root system of the lawn away. So usually you usually see that starting to move out in patches. Now, the, the, the trick to find out if it's actually army grub is to get a wet towel or, you know, an old sack or something like that. Lay it over the, one of those patches or in the area at night and get up in the morning and then turn it over, whip it over and see what's in underneath there. Uh, because they still think uh, it's night. Clever. Because yeah, I've but, never seen any holes in this. Like... Yeah, look, you won't, with army grub, you won't necessarily see holes. They're just staying down in underneath the ground. So that's, yep. that's the trick. With uh, crickets and black beetles, you will start to see some dirt and stuff moving up. So have a look, uh, do that old trick. But if it yep. is your dog then I don't know why adding the apple cider, cider. vinegar, I f- would have thought that would actually make it more yes. acidic for the and, uh, you know, would burn the grass even more. So I'd, I'd probably cut that one out. It's a prolific pear and pear.
2: Oh, goodness me. Yeah, so well, look, when you said it got worse, I thought, no wonder why all that acid coming out is yeah. probably <laughs> weeing more too.
1: So unfortunately, the only thing to do for that is to be, you know, out there watering as much as possible and trying to dilute yep. that urea in, in the soil. Um, but look, right. I, I, okay. would try, I would I would see if it's army grub, some sort of insect. Then go into your local garden centre. They'll be able yep. to give you a an insecticide that you can use on that. Uh, and usually you do those later on at night when those creatures come back up to the surface. Okay, and you said an old damp towel, did you? Yeah, just an old towel or something like that because it lays over... And wet it. And you can wet it down if you want to. That's not so important, but just flip it up in the morning and hopefully you'll see... See what's under it. Okay, Mm. I'll do that. Thank Thank you. you. Good luck,
2: Chris. Bye. It reminds me of when I'm at the beach and the waves come up and then you dig really quick (coughs) for all the pippies. You've done that before. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. I think that's... Is that Barry from Belmont having a bit of a sneeze in the background? (laughs) It is. (laughs) we busted you. (laughs) Uh, Barry, you've got a question for Scott today.
4: Yes, I have.
1: Fire Uh, away. Fire away, Barry.
4: Uh, Okay, Scott. Uh, I've got a dwarf Meyer lemon. Yes. uh, It's in a big, uh, a large concrete pot, which is just under a metre across. And it's been there for a bit over 12 months. And early in the piece, it grew a couple of inches and then it stopped. And it hasn't grown anything that you can see for, uh, say, in the last oh, 12 months. And, but it's uh, a dark green leaf, um, looks healthy. It's got a heap of flowers on, on every branch on mm-hmm. it. And uh, the, where the flowers sort of drop off, it leaves a little tiny lemon, you know, about the size of a head or something. Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, but the tree's not growing.
1: Okay, so uh, I'll ask you some questions now, Barry. Uh, have you been feeding that plant?
4: Yeah, it gets fed. Uh, What we feed it with was um, dynamic lifter or cow manure.
1: Yes, okay. I was
4: told not to feed it citrus. citrus and flour or something like that it was, okay. uh, because it's
1: in a cement pot. That's correct. So that, so that's yeah, going to be... The pot
4: is very old. Yes. It's not as if it was a new pot or anything no, like
1: that. No, that. that's, that's not an issue, Barry. So you're doing the right thing. The only thing I wouldn't do is feed it with cow manure. They don't really like that acidic saw. They like to actually have alkaline uh, manures going into them. So that would be poultry manure, yeah. but... Anything in a pot, I always say don't use manure because people often overdo it and then it just burns the plant from the inside out. So you're, right. you're right not using the citrus food, yeah. but you are right using the dynamic lifter type thing. There's organic extra, there's sudden impact that I was talking about before, which is excellent for citrus. Yeah. Now, the other thing that's happening with your plant, if it's only a new plant... What you need to do is uh, you want it to put more uh, energy into the growth of the plant rather than into the flowers and the fruit at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. So if you see it f- uh, flowering like that, the best thing to do for the plant at this stage, for the first couple of years, is actually just to go in and pick some of those flowers off. So then the energy is not going to go in creating fruit. It's going to go into you know growing the plant. So once that plant's a little bit more mature, that's when you let it uh, go off and have some fruit because it can manage uh, its root system's bigger. The you know the leaf structure larger for it, and it can manage feeding and supporting all that fruit that's on the tree. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. so for the first couple of years, pick it off. Keep on fertilising like you're doing, uh, but don't use the cow manure. Yeah, and
4: the cow manure has only been It's only had uh, cow manure twice,
1: yeah. and that's only just been recently. That that's look that's fine. Don't yeah. don't be worried about that. I would steer clear if you're going to use anything. Use poultry manure, but. I would strongly suggest you just using slow-release fertilisers.
2: Thank you, Barry. It's 20 to 1 as we do gardening talk back today. Thanks to our sponsor, Sharp City Gardener, Meriwether in Georgetown. We'll come back in just a minute, and we've got Rosie waiting patiently from Corlett. It's the king, oh, yeah. Elvis Presley, and I've got the king of gardening in the studio with me, Scott Sharp. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is 18 to 1.
1: Uh, Rosie from Colette, how can we help you? Sorry for oh giggling there. Hi Scott,
3: I've got a curry tree. Yes, can that be pruned?
1: Yes, it can be. So you've got the good old curry tree that's related to Marea, have you? Yes. Yes, they're they're a beautiful tree and they do smell just like curry, don't they? Yeah, they're gorgeous. Yeah, look, they're very hard to propagate, um, and but you you certainly can give them a prune. They love um, being in the warmer weather that we've got now. The humidity. Uh, yes. because they are a sort of a, a subtropical tree. But, yes, you can certainly give it a prune. Oh,
4: goodio.
1: Uh, so give it about a third. I'll take about a third of it off, and then um, I don't know what you're going to do with all those leaves. To... Yes, I know. It's a bit
4: of a shame to
3: lose <laughs> yeah, It them.
1: is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're very hard to come by, so if you've got one of those growing, um, keep on doing the right thing with it.
3: Okay, Scott. Yes. Can I ask you two other questions?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Uh, yes, Wait, that's Rosie. three So yeah. It won't ripen ah okay and there are numerous stems on the bush it's in a pot that shouldn't be an issue for it it really just comes down to time and climate for that to happen we have, uh, okay. we have had all the right climatic conditions for rhubarb to ripen recently so uh, uh. is it just because you want it to be red do you? Yes. Yeah, some, sometimes rhubarb does change colour. It can be a funny thing, and no one knows why it, do, it does it. It can, You know, you can go out and buy the Sydney crimson, which is the red one, and yes. then it just comes out green. So I'm wondering if it might actually be ripe for you, but you just, you're oh, waiting for I'll it to I'll try take. some, yeah. I think. But don't try those leaves, remember, they're poisonous. No, <laughs>
3: something's eating them, though. I think it's um, those European,
1: what do you call them? Oh, what?
3: European <laughs> earwigs.
1: Oh, okay. Well, look, it could, and it could be uh, snails as well, so make sure you've got some snail bait around there because okay. they like those sort of leafy, fleshy plants. And,
3: um, Scott, the other thing is, can I take a lemon tree back, right back so that there are no leaves on it and um,
1: make it shorter? Yes, you can. Oh Uh, good, after it's fruited. Yes do that. At work a few weeks ago some of our citrus trees were looking a little bit unhappy so I went down and hacked them all right back to they they had no leaves and they've all shot on within two weeks and looking fantastic. The only thing is though, once they start to shoot on you're going to get citrus leaf miner and all that soft juicy new foliage that comes out. So you just have to make sure you use eco oil as a preventative spray once you see that foliage coming out to stop the leaf miner getting in.
2: Thank you Rosie. We're going to take a very quick break but when we come back we're going to chat to Leanne who's got a question about a rose and Denise on the topic of lemons once again as we do two NURFM's
1: gardening talk and on the line we've got Leanne from Charlestown
3: yes, well, hello guys you, uh, I'd like to ask you a question about a standard Newcastle bicentennial rose yes. um, we've got several of them but one of them has somehow uh, broken down stem about oh, three or four inches above the soil line Yes.
1: I just wondered, is there any hope for it?
3: How long it's ago... It's in water at the moment. Well, I must admit, I probably should have rang last week. It's been oh. about a week. Okay, probably so... Sunday. Mm.
1: Yeah, so look, time a little bit of time probably has passed now, unfortunately, for it. And the fact that it's happened down so low, the only thing you can do, Leanne, is to try and prop it up and stake it really as, as tightly as you can and then actually mm-hmm. bind that wound with some budding tape and... S- Sometimes, sometimes, and especially because it is on the uh, on the wild root stock on that graft that it's on, uh, mm-hmm. it, it can come back. What I would do mm-hmm. though is prune the head of the rose down quite significantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just down to you know a very small shape. Uh, you know, even smaller than a basketball, mm-hmm. and just to try and reduce the stress on the plant because it won't be able mm-hmm. to draw that nutrient up from the soil anymore because there's been a break in the in mm-hmm. the uh, stem. Uh, and just keep on watering, 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 and um, hopefully, uh, you know, it might come good for you. And you'll see. And some...
3: obviously, sharp cell budding tape.
1: That we do, yep. It's just a, it's uh, just a soft tape that you can bind something yes, up I with. I think you... I
3: have seen it before.
1: Yeah, and look, mm. you need to also, uh, you know, possibly spray that area as well to stop some disease getting into it. But uh, okay. we can, uh, you can use Prune as well, which is a tar based uh, paint you can either paint on or just uh, use in a uh, pressure pack. Oh, yeah. So hopefully... Let's want
3: us a try. And it's been in order. It still looks okay. But, um, yeah, I meant to ring last Monday. I think it happened the weekend before.
1: Okay, so look, just... Terrific. no, No problems, Leanne. Thank you.
3: Good luck, Thank Leanne. You. It's 11 to
2: 1, and we are taking your calls. Uh, time for a few more if you want to give us a call on 49216216. We've got Denise in East Maitland. And um, another question on lemons,
3: Denise.
1: How can we help you, Denise? Oh,
3: look... I'm frustrated. <laughs> oh, goodness. I've got back for, we've been away for two weeks and I come back, I've got a Maya lemon in a pot. Yes. And it's been there for quite a few years and it it's always been good and I've got lemons. This year I haven't had any lemons. When I got home, it's got all leaves on it from all the rain, but they're all shriveled up and they're all silver.
1: Right, so now that's... that's... I want
3: to know what to spray it with. Yeah,
1: that's that's fine. That's coming back to... We were talking to Barry from out of Belmont about his... Well,
3: yeah, I've been sort of listening and I had to go outside and I wasn't going to waste your time if someone said, and I'm sorry.
1: No, 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 don't you worry about that. Now, what's happened uh, is all those new leaves have got citrus leaf miner in them. So a moth comes along, lays its egg, the little weevils get into the membranes of the leaf and you can see the little trail as they go along. The leaf's not really happy about that. Mm. It, just, right. it just curls up. Now
3: the, yeah, they're curled and got, they're silver, you know, like a silver trail. That's, you know? that's
1: exactly what you've got. You've got citrus leaf miner. Now, the only I would prune all, all of those leaves off because they're never going to come good again. Yeah. And once you start to see some new growth coming out of the plant, you use a product called Eco Oil. Which Echo oil? Eco oil, which uh, provides a protective coating over the leaf, and you have yeah. to use that, you know, probably every week or so once you see that new growth come out. Once the new growth hardens up and becomes nice and strong, the uh, weevil can't get in between the leaf membrane and do the damage that it does Oh, so great.
3: It's one of those so I prune it right back. Yep, get rid of all now that. Now, I don't need to repot it.
1: No, it's nothing like that. Prune it back. You'll see some new growth in a couple of weeks' time. That's when you get out there with the eco oil and, and, sp- and spray, spray it. Yeah, and keep that uh, leaf miner under control. Thank you, oh, Denise. Oh,
3: fantastic.
2: Thanks, Denise. Look, we can take one or two more calls on 49216216. And when we come back, we're going to look at poisonous plants in the garden, Scott. I guess ones to watch out for. Yes. Mm. And we might even look at uh, the cactus, because you've printed me off a nice picture and the only plants that I can actually keep alive. So, euphorbias.
1: You'll have no problem with this.
2: Okay, we'll talk about that next. It's Rose Royce and Car Wash on 2NURFM. It's 8 to 1. Good afternoon. It's Car Wash on 2NURFM. 6 to 1, we are doing 2NURFM's Gardening Talk Back.
1: And we've got on the line Chris from Way. How can we help you, Chris? Um...
5: Scott, I was just listening to the lady in relation to rhubarb. Yes. Um, I'm a organic uh, farmer at Kanjiway. Yes. And one of the crops I do grow is rhubarb. Yes. And over the years I've tried all sorts of things. But there's one thing about rhubarb. If you were to grow it from seed, it'll always go back to green. If, if you buy Sydney Crimson rhubarb plants that have been grown from seed, they'll always go back to green. Ah. The only way you can keep a red uh, keep rhubarb red, you've got to buy it with the crown. You've got to buy the crown of the red rhubarb to retain the red rhubarb. Oh,
1: thank you for that, Chris. Because I have spoken to so many old diggers that come into work about rhubarb and how to grow it, and they've never given me that tip before. So you think if you've bought it um, when it's been seed grown and it, right. it's green, it's never going to come good. Okay, that's fantastic.
5: Because a lot of, uh, if you go to a lot of nurseries, there's always seeds, uh, rhubarb plants there. Yes. And I've very rarely seen rhubarb crowns for sale in a nursery. I've got rhubarb crowns that came from a very old stock. I wouldn't even know what the name of it was. But it came to me from an old farmer. And every time I break the crown and transplant it, it always stays red. But any time I've bought, uh, a rhubarb that's supposed to be red always ends up green. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, thank Thanks, you,
2: Chris. And lucky last today, Mark from Toronto. You've got a question about passion fruit.
1: Uh, yes. Go ahead, Mark. Um, I've,
5: I've had this uh, Nelly Kelly growing for about three years now. Yes. It's, it's quite huge. Um, but I don't seem to be get, getting any fruit. I've got a, uh, quite, quite a few flowers, but it's never produced any fruit.
1: Okay. Now, Mark, this is the question I always ask about grafted passion fruit. Would you describe the leaves as being sort of grey and, uh, you know, pinnate, or are they large and glossy and green? Large. Excellent, because what happens with Nelly Kelly passion fruit, sometimes the wild root stock can take over and people don't notice. And they've got this beautiful big vine along the fence, but it's actually just from the wild root stock and it's not going to really grow passion fruit. So I'm glad you've kept that under control. Uh, Now, the other thing is, if you're using a high nitrogen fertiliser, you're not going to get a lot of fruit coming off that plant. So if you've got a good green big um, vine like that, along yep. the fence, then it's probably you've got a high nitrogen fertiliser or you've been...
5: I, ha- I have noticed a couple of um, vines growing through it that look a, a little bit different to the rest of the
1: So that, that could be the uh, the wild rootstock right. uh, that, that is growing up through the plant. Yep. Now, the thing to do with your uh, Nelly Kelly passion fruit, if you've got that beautiful big green glossy leaf in there but only a few flowers, is to get out there into the garden and use some uh, potassium. Now, okay. p- yeah, potassium is a fantastic product. It helps all flowering and fruiting plants. It makes, uh, gives you an abundance of flowers. It also yep. makes those flowers stronger and therefore the fruit stronger when it sets. So, right. but it's not something that you can just use, uh, you know, as a as a one-off. It's something you have to start building up in the soil over a number of months. So it's okay. it's good to get out there now. You can buy it at most of our garden centres. It's called potassium. Yep. You can either buy it in a powdered form or a liquid form. uh, Get out there and keep on using it as a fertiliser. You'll get plenty more passion fruits off that. Great. Thanks, Thanks, Mark.
2: Mark. Now, look, we were going to talk about it, and we do have a bit of time, Scott. Poisonous plants in the garden. You're going to give us a bit of a a warning or some advice on this? We're
1: just going to talk about a few different poisonous plants in the garden. We get people coming into the nursery quite often. You know, often they've just had um, little kids. You know, they've got new kids in the family, and they're worried about what plants in the garden are poisonous. My advice to them always is, well... Don't go ripping your garden apart because that's usually what they want to do. They want to take all these so-called poisonous plants. Most plants are going to have some sort of you know, um, poisonous quality if you go and ingest a whole lot of them. Of course, them. Yeah. yeah. A lot of them taste bitter, so they're going to be um, bad to ta- to eat, so you're not going to go and eat a whole lot of them. But education is the main thing for those young kids because you can pull it all out of your garden, but they go to the next door neighbours or their grandmother's place or, you know, just in the doctor's surgery or somewhere like that and all of a sudden they grab a plant. Probably a good place for them to do that in the doctor's surgery. (laughs) Handy, close by. (laughs) But education is don't put plants in your mouth. So that's the main thing to do. Look, there's a few bad ones though. you probably wouldn't try and keep in the garden. They're uh, datura because it has that hallucinogenic uh, effect. Uh, There's arum lilies, uh, beetroot leaves, strangely enough. Never eat the leaves. It's the same as um, we were talking about rhubarb before. And Andrew, of course, are one of the worst. They, uh, the sap can be quite irritating.
2: Some good advice there. And before we go today, who is the winner of the tiger grass, Scott?
1: Why don't we give it to Chris from Maryville because uh, she's got that Labrador. Now she's got a tiger in the garden that might be peeing everywhere.
2: So <laughs> there you go, Chris. If you head into Scott's uh, Scott <laughs> Sharp's, Sharp City Gardener at Merriweather and Georgetown, they will uh, sort you out with that prize. Thanks for joining us, Scott. Thank you. It's news time on 2NURFM.